When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And welcome to the brand new 1500. If you're listening live anyways on AM 1500 in the Twin Cities, we don't usually officially set up our show like this. In fact, this is a totally different intro. We're going to explain everything. If you're tuning in right now and you're wondering what is happening on 1500. No opening bell. No nothing. No opening bell. RIP opening bell. It was a good run. It was a great, It was a very long run, yep. yes. Yep. Helped us kill one of 16 segments when we had a four-hour show. Uh, but just to set the tone here, and Derek Falvey is going to join in about five minutes. 1500 ESPN, as of today, is now Score North. That's S-K-O-R North. Score North on 1500. Live and local on the radio and the live audio stream from noon until 7 on weekdays and additional programming, too, which we'll dive into. Purple Daily every day at noon. You heard Courtney Cronin and Matthew Collar today. Twins and Wolves shows most days between 1 and 2 o'clock live. Score North live with Matthew Collar from 2 to 4. And starting today, it's Mackie and Judd, but it's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hold on, let me, let me try that one more time here. I want to give you a proper... Uh, you've been hanging out with us for like the last week or so. Mackie do and I Judd. Have, do I have a sound with Rami? Oh, thank you. No, you're just going to applause. Thank you all can, so much. It's canned applause. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we've got a brand new website. It's scorenorth.com. S-K-O-R north.com. I think if you, if you hear it and type in S-C-O-R-E... Somebody might want to check that just for fun. I think that redirects as well to scorenorth.com. Now, now you're saying somebody might want yeah. to check that. Okay. <laughs> it was one of the, one of the mini boxes. Oh, my God. No, it's not. No, it's fine. Okay, all we're right, good. Good. Uh, all kinds of on-demand podcasts, written content videos, and uh, and fun, engaging stuff for, for Minnesota sports fans. And social media at scorenorth on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our full list of shows, in addition to Mackie and Jeb with Rami, includes... Purple Daily, a daily Viking show, year-round, live on 1500, also live streaming in video form on our social media sites. Purple Podcast, Vikings Ventline, Score North Live with Matthew Collar. Uh, Roycey Baseball, Roycey Unchained, Roycey Unclothed, we're working on still. Okay, now you've gone way, way too far. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, there's, no. Nobody <laughs> needs to even hear that. Rami, you had your first Roycey experience <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. I did. That was that was about as good as an introduction as I could get for Patrick Roycey. Who is this random? <laughs> he goes, hold on, hold on, hold on, before you talk. <laughs> Who the hell is Ronnie? <laughs> Raised by Wolves, Myron on Hoops, Purple FTW, uh, The Scoop with Doogie, Sound of the Loons, Judd's Hockey Show, Judd with Lunani. The Beer Show, The Great Outdoors. You can find all of our Score North shows 
on scorenorth.com. And uh, just a quick, we're going to get to Derek Falvey here in about two minutes, but just uh, I think people are wondering, okay, why, uh, wh- where is Manny? First of all, Manny is going to be everywhere. Manny's part of the early shifts. He's he's one of the voices on Raised by Wolves. He's going to be on uh, uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami on occasion. But we had a chance to bring in Rami Maklaw from the fan in Milwaukee. He's a stand-up comedian on the side. He is a tormented Chicago native and Chicago sports fan that we yes. get to make fun of. Yes. And he's here to immerse I'm glad himself. I can provide that. He's here to immerse himself in Score North, uh, the Mackie and Judd with Rami show, and the Twin Cities. So, how have your first few days been in the Twin Cities, sir? It's been great. It's been really, really good. When when I was making the move up here, people were like, "You're used to the cold, but it's a different kind of cold up in Minneapolis." And I was like, "I just, I didn't believe it." And then the first two days I was here, it was like minus eleven with the wind chill. Oh, and that's just the start. And it's I, been great of late. Just yeah, wait. That's what I was saying. I was wait like, till the two weeks. This of- actually. It feels kind of nice. Yes. <laughs> this has actually been all right. No, I've uh, I've 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 loved my time here in Minneapolis so far, and I'm going to be shot out of a cannon today, guys, because you know, like all of us in this business, I'm desperate for attention. I want people to see me, hear me, love me, and it's been two weeks since I've had a microphone to uh, speak extensively into. So please forgive me if I'm just shot out of a cannon for the next two hours this afternoon. The be- best thing too, you drink way too much coffee, yeah, like yeah. I do. You so and I by have four o'clock, common. we're absolutely bouncing yeah, off walls. Like, I don't drink any coffee. I've probably had 10 cups of coffee my whole oh. life. So you guys are uh, that's you guys are going to be just wired off the walls. <laughs> yes. We're going to be bouncing off the microphones, the score north signage around here, everything. <laughs> Judd also mixes in about 11 Diet Cokes per day, too. Or maybe that's not on the now. diet. You're off the Diet Cokes now? I can't drink the uh, Diet oh, Cokes. Okay. Wait, no. Diet Cokes aren't part of your diet? They're not part of my diet. Hmm. Nope, nope. It has to be Clear Pop. There's all these specific so diet guidelines. Sprites, diet diet sprites. sprites, okay. Diet Sprites okay, but Diet Coke is not. Correct. It's the pop that has colorization in it that's not good for you. Or I don't know. I'm just trying not, not to be fat. You're just trying to live your best life. I'm just trying not to be fat for a, a few months, and then I'll get fat again, and then it'll be a vicious cycle. So what, what, we're, what we are going to do, because... We have a lot in common. <laughs> you guys, this is going to be very frightening. <laughs> so Ron, what we're going to do here is, uh, in about 15 minutes, we're going to introduce Rami to not only the Mackie and Judd show, Mackie and Judd with Rami, but... We're going to introduce Rami to all the Minnesota sports things he needs to know. It's going to be a crash course in Minnesota sports for you. By exposing exactly what I don't know. That's that's the plan here. Or things that you may know, but you may not know the whole story about. Consider, consider this us trying to relate to you right. about our, our history, which at times can be very difficult to talk about. I often have misplaced confidence, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident going into this thing, right. coming up at about 4.15. At the very least, it'll be therapeutic for, for us. But let's welcome man. We actually had, if you missed our 30-minute uh, our sit-down with him earlier this offseason in November before the winter meetings, Derek Falvey, go back, you can find it on the Mackie and Judd with Rami uh, podcast feed, but Derek Falvey, Twins, uh, CBO, SVP, uh, MVP, all the things that are on your business card. Thank you for joining us on our uh, Score North launch day, Derek. Yeah, great to be on with you guys. Congratulations on the launch. So as, as someone who has also been building a lot of new things over at Target Field, what advice do you have for us over here at Score North as we embark on uh, building something new? Uh, get ready for drinking from a fire hose. Uh, that's uh, that's probably the best uh, example, I, uh, best thing I could say to you. It's uh, certainly it's fun. It's uh, exhausting, but continues to uh, try and put things in a good position. So I, I wish you guys all the best moving forward. Well, thank you. B- baseball wise, Nelson Cruz, sir. Uh, tell me what the expectation is when you sort of look at that signing now, not just in terms of what's expected at the plate and the power and things like that, but the influence that he is expected to have in this clubhouse in 2019. 
Well, Nelly's somebody who, you know, he comes highly recommended by so many who have been around him. You know, Thad Levine had a chance to work with him for a bit in Texas, so he knew him personally and saw him on a daily basis. But, you know, we hear over the years for what he did in Baltimore and, and certainly what he then went on to do in Seattle more recently. And he's a guy who, uh, as you've said, we know he's got prodigious power. I mean, he's got, he's got great numbers here at Target Field, and certainly we hope to capture that moving forward. We know what he is on the field first and foremost, keeps his body in great shape, you know, cares about his teammates, wants to win. Uh, knows what it means to, to be a good a good leader in a clubhouse, and I think that we're asking for all of those things from him. We just want him to be himself, and when he comes in, certainly he's already connected with guys like Miguel Sano and Jorge Polanco and others that live close by to him down in the Dominican, so he's got a chance to impact those players left and right, but you know, we know what he can be in the middle of the lineup. We know the fear he can, he can place into pitchers on the mound, but we also know that he's a leader in the clubhouse. Derek, Rami Makhlouf here. Good to talk to you for the first time. Uh, a lot of those things that, that you talked about there, I don't think that it's any secret that some of those disciplines have been a problem for Miguel Sano, a guy who you're counting on a lot if this team is going to have success. How much of the Nelson Cruz signing was to sort of bring a guy in who could lead by example for a Miguel Sano and show him what it means to be a big league ball player? Well, we always we always think about the full package when you bring a player in. You know, you got to think about long term contract length. You know, the the right fit for your club in terms of position of need or otherwise. And you know, those are always difficult decisions. But I think that for the reasons you just mentioned, you know, Miguel being one, but a, a number of other players on our roster, we think someone like Nelson can really uh, can really be a leadership piece to show guys what it takes. He's playing right now at 38, probably as well as he played in his career, which is really remarkable to to say. And you don't do that by accident. You do that by way of preparing and putting yourself in good positions to succeed every day. And I, I think that certainly we know with Joe Maurer's retirement and some of the other guys that have, have moved on, you know, we, we needed some leadership and, and some guys that were maybe a little bit more veteran uh, to help show some of our young leaders who are going to be the next wave of, uh, of talented leaders in this organization uh, how to go about it. It's Derek Falvey, Twins Chief Baseball Officer, with us here on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. It's the debut today of Score North on 1500. You can find us on Score North. That's S-K-O-R-North.com. At Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And our phone lines are 651-646-8255. How do you guys evaluate the age curve with players? Because obviously players get into their 30s and... Uh, usually trends start to go uh, the wrong way. Nelson Cruz didn't really emerge until he was in his late 20s, and now he's still averaging 40 home runs a year between the ages of 33 and 37. So how do you know when a guy just sort of goes beyond what the norm is in terms of productivity at a later age? You know, when we look at the age, certainly there are some uh, kind of generalities you can apply from age, and uh, we all age, and as we get older, I think everyone can say, you know, you, you don't feel the same way you did 10 years ago. Everyone would agree with that. But I think that there are certain things guys do uh, to try and you know, prepare themselves to, to keep their body in as good a position as possible and then adjust over time. And I think Nelson understands you know, the importance of recovery and rest between between his at-bats and how much BP he can take and things like that. So what we try and identify from an evaluation standpoint is not just the chronological age of the player, but maybe what are some of the underlying metrics. And I think Nelson's a good example of he continues to hit the ball exceptionally hard, which is a really good marker for overall strength and body uh, body position at that moment in time. And so you have to look underneath the surface and below the chronological age to determine whether or not a guy can continue to succeed at an advanced age. Moves-wise, what is potentially next? I, I take it pitching is probably still on the table here, but as we get closer to uh, pitchers and catchers reporting, Derek, what uh, can fans expect next from you guys? 
Well, we're certainly seeing, you know, we've been, we were aggressive early in the offseason, uh, certainly in acquiring C.J. Crone off waivers, and then and then to get Jonathan Scope in the fold, you know, Nelly came right in the middle of that. Uh, we've added some depth here and there to our to our minor league group, and then certainly the most recent move in Blake Parker, feel like we've added a, a reliable bullpen arm, someone who can fit for us, uh, who's pitched at the back end of games, which will, will help our pen. You know, at this stage, there's still a number of players on the board. I think we've all gotten used to a little bit more of a new normal of continuing to have conversations late into January and potentially even into February uh, with players. So I, I would say that pitching is certainly an area of focus that we spend time thinking about. Uh, but we'll we'll be creative, I, I would imagine, right up until we show up in Fort Myers and uh, potentially even beyond that we'll be talking players for this club this year and beyond. Twins President Derek Falvey, our guest here on Mackey and Judd with Rami for a few more minutes. You brought up Jonathan Scope here. I, I, I come from Milwaukee and, and covering Jonathan Scope last year. After that trade deadline deal with the Brewers, just never lived up to the expectations that they had for him. And to the point where they they had to essentially admit that it was a mistake making that trade. David Stearns did not mince words in doing that, and he hit the free agent market, and you guys snatched him up. Did you talk to him at all about what went wrong in Milwaukee and how he plans to fix that? We did, and certainly I would say it tracked back to the beginning of the year. You know, he, he started out in the year in Baltimore uh, and started out with an oblique injury. And, and for those who've been around baseball players, that's one of those injuries that can kind of track with you for for an extended period of time, and he just couldn't get his body right. He certainly had a little bit of rebound there in Baltimore before the trade to Milwaukee. And then uh, with the reality of Milwaukee's roster, and you know, David and, and that group out there did a great job, Craig Council and others you know, leading that group, they had a, they had a lot of depth to that team. And, and Jonathan wasn't playing. Playing every day, and so when that happened, you know, it's, it's hard for a guy that's been an everyday player for an extended period of time to get back into that routine, having dealt with an injury. Just one of those lost years, a difficult year for him. But you know, he's 27 years old, and he's a year removed from being one of the best second basemen in the game. So we feel like there's a real chance here for for some rebound. We're counting on that from some a number of other players on our club that that will carry us forward. And, and Jonathan, we're counting on that too. Hey, Derek, as a baseball fan, I, I've got a problem here. And I want to run this past you and get your thoughts. Um, it's it's not pace of play on the field; it's pace of the winter. And the <laughs> fact that and the fact that you know, and I know you're not going to sign them, but Machado and Bryce are still out there. What are your thoughts on how the baseball offseason moves right now? And do you have ideas about how how we could consolidate this a little bit? Because one one of the most exciting things I think about football and basketball is guys, big names hit the market; they're out there, and then boom, it's done, and it's fun. And and I'm to the point now where with baseball stars, I'm sort of bored, and that's a problem, I think. Oh, it's a, a fair point. It's definitely been, as I mentioned, kind of a, feels a little bit like a new normal. Uh, you know, I think that right now uh, we're seeing kind of the the pacing, uh, you know, teams learning a little bit more, going back and forth. There are a couple of good, really good players still out there on the board, which is unique at this stage of the offseason. There have been ideas about maybe setting a deadline of sorts, you know, for, for free agent signings, and I know that's been discussed by a few different general managers in the game. You know, I, I do anticipate that we'll continue to think about new ways to get guys in camp, but these guys will sign. I have no doubt there will be good good fits at the end of the day. Uh, in some ways, it just uh, delays the gratification, certainly. But uh, I would anticipate there there could be some conversations about change in the future. I have kind of a random nerdy baseball question for you, which shouldn't be all that shocking. So with <laughs> with 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 openers in play now, do I guess you can only speak to your own front office? But do you guys refer to starters and relievers, or do you have different ways of referring to pitchers now? 
You know, we still do. I, I would say uh, it's, it maybe hasn't quite uh, transcended to this point uh, where it's it's changed the the name of how you view your star, your pitchers. I will say this: you, you know, you look at when we look at our forty man roster and even guys that are off it and and potentially depth for this year. We think about which guys can go multiple innings. You know, that's always been a conversation, independent of starter reliever, is which guy can give you a little bit more length or depth. So now maybe we're we're expanding that conversation where we see a guy who's a starter who might be more of kind of a five inning starter, four to five inning starter, who's not quite as as deep as a guy that goes you know, maybe into the late innings of the game. So I think that that's always changing. We'll continue to uh, probably call them starters and relievers, and we'll learn more about the opener strategies as we go into this year and beyond. But we're constantly just looking for ways to get guys into good positions to be successful as pitchers, and then if they do that, you know, we'll win more games. But like, what is it called when a guy starts in the second and goes six? Is he a starter? Or is he just a is he just a pitcher? Like I don't even know what the vernacular should be. If you come in in the second inning and you pitch until the seventh, what is the name of your of your job? You're a pitcher, I guess. Well, I'm going to put that on you to come up with the name. And you get a chance to coin the term for for baseball for the next uh, fifty years. So it's, uh, you guys are great at that. So I'll, I'll figure that. I'll figure no, we're not. Oh, no, 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 we're not great at that. Oh man. Uh, Derek, we appreciate you joining us, man. Thanks. Uh, happy to be on, guys, and good luck as you get forward, moving forward. We appreciate it. All right, Derek Falvey, uh, Chief Baseball Officer for the Minnesota Twins there. I just want my problem solved. And that, that, was, that was the perfect um, two questions from us. A nerdy question about baseball from you and a rant, ranty-type question from me. <laughs> much Fix my problem, Rami. That's what I want my problems fixed here. And then Rami with a question complaining about a brewer underachieving yeah. in crunch time. That's shocking. He's <laughs> not wrong about that one. I mean, they said, David yeah. Stern said we, we had to admit the mistake of the Jonathan Scope trade. I, I'm paraphrasing, but he used the word mistake, and you almost never hear a GM speak that bluntly about a move that they made at the trade deadline. I think Jonathan Scope is a good ball player, but he's got something to to rebound from and something to prove after that that closing stretch with the Brewers last year. Yeah, it is. It it feels like the Twins get ripped because it feels like oh, it's a classic sort of bargain bin signing that the Twins are known for. But it's also a really good buy low candidate. Right. If he goes back to the guy who got MVP votes two years ago with the Orioles, and you get to be his rebound partner while he goes and finds a new contract, like you sign up for that if it's you're the twins. Low risk, potentially high reward. There's a guy who made an all star game in twenty seventeen. Yes. Still, you wanted answers. Did <laughs> did Scope answer the question? I was getting texts from Why my friends so back bad? in Milwaukee. Find out what happened to Scope. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Case closed. Uh this is Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and ScoreNorth.com. And you can find all of our Twitter handles, Instagram handles, YouTube. Facebook. It's all at Score North, S K O R North. And uh, as you can hear over the last week and a half or so, we have a new friend on our show. His name is Robbie Maklov. We plucked him from Chicago through Milwaukee, and he's here to hang out with us for the long haul. And so we figure part of bringing you into our sports culture. Well, let's see. I mean, we hope it's the long haul. Let's let's see how much you guys like There's the probationary period and all that (laughs) stuff, and we really don't know that much about you yet. Let's not jump to any conclusions. Let's try to get through 6 o'clock today here live. Uh, But we figure this would be a good time to to show Rami the things he needs to know about Minnesota sports when we come back to the all-new Score North on 1500. Score North on 1500, S-K-O-R North on 1500. I've had a few egg Twitter avatars say it's a, quote, terrible name for the new station. You won't get market traction with it. Lineup looks good, though. No market traction. Let's change it.
because 1500 ESPN had a lot of it. But moving on. I never know. I never, we, we were dominating so much. I never know how to react to the tweet that compliments you and rips you or your cohorts all at the same time. <laughs> do, do I say thank you? But it's sports fans, right? Right. So that, yeah. th- that's them. They're like, yeah, I like this, but I hate that. <laughs> your bullpen stinks. Your lineup, it's not bad. That's not terrible. So uh, the, the, the new voice on the show, who you've heard mixed in throughout the last couple of weeks, in fact, we brought him on. We were trying to figure out, when are we going to bring Rami on and introduce him to the 1,500 audience? And, oh, his, his beloved Bears got beat, kicking, uh, <laughs> miss, missing a field goal at the end of a playoff game. Yeah, so we brought that him opportunity on just presented itself to you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We made a phone call into the league, actually, into Cody Parkey. <laughs> Cody Parkey, please. You'll find out we have that power here. <laughs> yeah, we really do. We're like Buffalo Wild Wings. Really. <laughs> Yeah, take that. <laughs> uh, but Rami is new to the Twin Cities, and you're going to get to know him over the coming weeks. He's going to be part of Purple Daily, part of our Twins and Wolves. He's going to be part of a watch-along tonight with Jimmy Butler and the Wolves playing against each other. We figured, what better way to introduce Rami than to go over all the things he needs to know about Minnesota sports? Yes, and of course those things, for the most part, are hurtful to us. Uh, but John Jonathan Harrison spent the morning going through various highlights of things. Now, how should we do this? Because obviously it's going to be a giveaway what we're playing right. for him. I think it should be the year because we associate yeah. things with that was this year. Wait, so this is a game show. That year. We can do. Oh, yeah. There you go. We can do the year on most of them. One of them. I'll leave that to the last one. It's kind of an era. Oh, well, that's good enough. Just All right. Okay. Magical. Okay. So are we officially quizzing him to find out what his level of knowledge is? Or how would we characterize this? I think we're trying to teach him. I think, yeah, it's just a teaching session. Okay. With a game show format, sort of. But this man is a Cubs fan, so he knows heartbreak and heartache. I know pain. Believe me, I know pain. So you're not new to pain. I also know know dysfunctional NBA organizations. (laughs) We're all on the same page here, guys. It's a game show, but there's no winners because it's Minnesota sports. It's it's also a little like your orientation video from a couple weeks ago, but without the sexual harassment part. Okay, all right. All right, so let's start here. Do you think Gary Anderson will... Make this field goal, the answer should probably be yes. 39 yards away, and it's not good. That was uh, 1998, wide left, off the foot of Gary Anderson, right? Okay, all right. That's also the moment where a full generation of new Vikings fans, so if you're, I'm in my early, mid-30s, Jonathan catches that age range. Mm -hmm. If you weren't around for the 70s Vikings Purple People Eater teams, and you came around after that, and that team, you had no, you had no real recollection of Vikings heartbreak. All you knew was that that team was going to win the Super Bowl, and it was right. the greatest team to ever play professional football. Yeah, and it was a whole wave of Vikings fans that got their hearts ripped out of their chests. And we all walk around as adults now, mostly, you know, flawed and that, and, uh, and that that was Moss's first year, and so it changed it changed the dynamic of Vikings fans from this old had gone outside to games and stuff to yeah. the new fa- fan base. And also, what people forget is, I believe that kick was to give them a 10-point lead over the Falcons and yeah. seal the game. So that actually didn't cost them the game. That was where the ball of twine started to unravel on that oh, game. Oh, okay. All right. And I never heard John Madden jinxing Gary Anderson right before oh, yeah. he kicks it. That I've never heard before. All right, so I got, I'm one for one. Okay. One for one. Pretty good. Pretty cool. good. Okay. McDermott is the snapper. And the kick is no good! Wow! Go figure. No good. Not even close. You'll notice a theme here. <laughs> I don't. Was that 2003? 
No? Nope. Okay. All right. That one I, no I don't. That was 2008? No, 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 all right. No now I'm just throwing out guesses. What, what, what was it? I missed that one. That would have been, uh, what, 2015? Blair okay. Walsh, wide left oh. to beat Seattle in TCF Bank Stadium. The last game there. A frig- yes, a frigid day, and Walsh trotted on the field. And a lot of people, I think, thought, oh, this game's done, 27-yard field goal. But those of us who know the Vikings said, oh, oh watch this kick. Oh, that was the end of the Brett Favre era, right? That was when he was slammed to the turf. Oh, no, no. no, no. Oh, that's same a different sta- game. Same okay. stadium. All right. Now, you're just, now you're just trolling us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My bad. Same stadium, but different reasons they were playing. <laughs> and that, that was your Bears, too. Yes. Who slammed him to Yes, it was. Corey Wharton. That's right. Who came back and played here. That's right. Who played here. Yep. I was at that game. I was oh, super was, excited to like finally see Brett Favre in person. It was free. And then he just... Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I got the ticket through my mom's work. Was it free? Did they let fans in for free? No, you still... I thought they let transferred over. Oh, I thought they let fans in. No. Oh, I thought if you didn't have tickets, you could basically walk... I think you could walk into that game. No, that was the game... That no, that was in Detroit. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying the 2010 game that they played here, I think if you had tickets, it transferred, but I also think that they basically opened up the stadium oh. and said, if you can come, you can come. I just come. remember it was a massive snow to snowstorm that day, mm-hmm. so it was hard yeah, to get Yeah, the there. TCF Bank Stadium game where Brett Favre was unconscious, that's the where Chris Cluey literally told the media and everyone, yeah. we shouldn't play on this field, someone's going to get seriously injured. Fast forward, <laughs> Brett Favre's lifeless yeah, body outlined works. with chalk <laughs> on the 30-yard line. All right, let's continue our tour of Minnesota sports things that Ron Tommy needs to know as a newcomer to the Mackey and Judd show. We'll start here. He's very deep in right. And a pitch bounce right side base hit. Here comes Gomez around third. There'll be no play. The Twins have won the Central. Now that's recent because that's Carlos Gomez. I'm, I'm familiar with Carlos Gomez. I'm trying to think of the last time this has turned into a quiz. That the Twins. It doesn't feel recent the, to us. Won the AL Central. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's not feel recent. super recent, though. I mean, it's not, kind of recent, but not really that recent. 20, 2013? Was that the last time? It the was Twins? 2009. Oh, yeah, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. So, yeah, well, yeah you count the wild card, I guess. But, oh, yeah, they, they did have that wild card. That was game, game 163 in 2009 against the Detroit Tigers, a game that went 13 innings and used... Every pitcher in the because wasn't some random dude was on the mound for the Twins at the end of that game. It was like Bobby Karecki or something. It was like I don't know if it was Bobby Karecki, but a guy like that was okay. on the mound for the Twins at the end of the game. And I don't think ever pitched in the major leagues again. And it was uh, am I getting that that was that was game one sixty three right? Yeah, Carlos Gomez comes around Alexi Casilla. So yeah, yeah, I know the game one sixty three, but pain. I've I've felt that pain recently. Yes, so. you did. Yeah, I did. Your Cubs yeah, felt it. Yeah. yeah. Right, this well, one's not so much a specific moment on the field it's just this player was con- or player mentioned in this clip was connected with something for a franchise long pass by robinson to jackson no advantage so he'll wait for help 117 left in the half robinson and boy joe smith that really got mean and you don't see david robinson this angry very often <laughs> does it Joe Joe, Smith. The, the Joe, Smith. Joe Smith. All right, so this you is, this can is continuing uh, Rami's education of Minnesota sports moments. In the late 1990s or early 2000s, mm-hmm. somewhere in like 1999, mm-hmm. the Minnesota Timberwolves with all-stars and future Hall of Famer like Kevin Garnett on the roster. They had Stefan Marbury at one point. Even Wally Zerbiak was an all-star, and they decided, no, no, no. The guy we're going to subvert the salary cap rules and pay under the table 
and get pinged for four first round draft picks was Joe Smith. I remember that now. (laughs) This was when we realized, I think this might have been the first time that we realized Glenn Taylor had no idea what he was doing. (laughs) Now, here's the worst part about the story. So they signed an illegal contract and then they kept it. It was in a drawer. They had documentation of the contract. They kept a copy of the of illegal, illegal contract. contract. Yes. And and there was a falling out. Was it Garnett's agent between Garnett and, and his agent at the time? And he knew about because because they did the contract in part because KG and Joe Smith were buddies. Mm-hmm. And so the agent knew about this illegal contract and its existence. And he tipped the league off. And the league had the evidence right there. This is when we said Glenn might not be the best owner. This is like the bloody glove of, <laughs> of illegal contracts. In a way, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's... Uh, all right, continuing our tour of, uh, of Minnesota sports moments, Rami needs to know about Jonathan. Sometimes the, as you say, the seeds of destruction were sown earlier <laughs> than just the last few minutes. But I felt the team was playing well, Whoa. and I felt that the team was improving. And I felt that we... Uh, had some players that were improving dramatically individually. And then for whatever reason, um, I'd say tracing back to the week before the All-Star break and the week after the All-Star break, just stopped. And I don't know why. Again, not a specific moment, an era of loveliness. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but whoever that was sounded downtrodden and defeated. For a good reason. Yes. (laughs) Because that man's name was David Kahn. Okay. He was the short-lived general manager of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sure. Then in 2009, correctly, I'll give him credit for this, correctly determined, we need a point guard. We need a point guard. And there are point guards in this draft. And we have two picks in the top five. I believe it was pick four and pick five, right? Or pick five and pick six. And so David Kahn went out and said, let's draft a point guard. Johnny Flynn. Okay? All right. Fine. Did that not work out? It's okay. Didn't work out. Um... Let's draft, just in case Johnny Flynn doesn't work out, another point guard, back-to-back, Ricky Rubio, while Steph Curry went about two picks later to the Golden State You want to cover your back. You want to make sure you're covered. And the hurt continued on and on after that. So they pa- that was the general manager that passed twice on Steph Curry in the same lottery, same position, same lottery. This is, and this is tip of the iceberg stuff. Rami, that's the problem here. Yeah, I'm exhausted already. Yeah. Like this is not the history of blunders in Minnesota sports. This is tip of the iceberg. This is this is the cliff notes. Hey, I just went through it. That's just starting. Guys, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> well, like we said, you might not make it till six o'clock. Phil said it. Can you make it till six? By the you way, might, the answer might be no. Uh, our guy, our guy Al tweets into the show here that uh, Bobby Keppel, not Bobby Karecki, Bobby Keppel was the guy in the mound for the Twins in Game One Sixty Three at the end. That was his only career major league victory. So, All right. the, the more you know. One more here, just because I've forgotten this franchise so far. But this is the last one we've got. And it's taken away. Sergey Zoltak from Minnesota. Here's Brunette. Brunette's in. Andrew Brunette shot a score. Andrew Brunette in sudden death overtime. And Minnesota is moving on. See, that sounds good. One of the great upsets. In the since the year 2000, in sports in this town, in their third year of existence, the Minnesota Wild beat the Avalanche in the first round. Game seven, Andrew Burnett beat Patrick Waugh for a goal in game seven in overtime in Colorado, a run to the conference finals. Fantastic, right? Sure. 
except what can an expansion team do for about four or five years? Lose a lot and get oh, high draft picks. Okay. So no, they screw no. that up too. Now you're getting to know the real judge. So Logan. now they goof that up. Yeah. Because you know where they haven't been since 2003. I'm going to tell you right now the conference finals. Yeah. Well, this is you know also what it the same guy. Like since then, it's set in. Hart will let Gudis play it. He'll try the other side of the ice. He's got Giroux, who just plays it ahead toward the empty net. Ben Reevesdyke finishes it for the hat trick. 36 minutes and I'm out. <laughs> I was just about to say, it's not all bad. <laughs> uh, I'm done. You just, you just, got, a, you, you just got a, a diet of Minnesota sports uh, recent history and also a taste of Judd Zolgad, who <laughs> last year when the Vegas Golden Knights were making a magical run to the Stanley Cup Finals, was banging the drum of this is terrible for the NHL and terrible for the franchise. Yeah. They should have tanked and gotten a runway for the next five years. <laughs> exactly right. So. I mean, an expansion team goes to the finals. Give me a break. And it's my league. <laughs> <laughs> you, you still not over that, Jed? Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to the show. Yeah. Robbie Mack. Thanks for having welcome. me, guys. I'm yeah. looking forward. I think I'm looking forward to this. It's just, I think this is going to be fun. So here, here's what we need to do. Let's put out something on the Score North Twitter account. Let's just throw a not a poll, but a just a general question. We've got Rami, a newcomer to the show, newcomer mm-hmm. to the market. Mm-hmm. What are some things about Minnesota sports? Not exactly moments, but Jonathan, what are some things about Minnesota sports and Minnesota in general that Rami needs to know as he uh, as he integrates? And then I'll go get therapy yes. as soon as I leave here at 6 o'clock. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a second. In fact, speaking of therapy, it's therapy for your vehicle. And even even just some peace of mind for you. If you're like me and you're not really a car guy, okay, I'm not... Not really a guy who's going to open up the hood and uh, get my hands all greasy because I don't know what I'm doing when I open up the hood of my car. So I have people at Luther Brookdale Toyota that help give me peace of mind. They help take care of various uh, maintenance and service items. And also when I'm in the market for something new or a trade-in, they've always had my back going back to when I turned 16 years old. The first car I ever drove was a 1992 Silver Camry that uh, went up to, I want to say, 285,000 miles throughout different members of my family. And they had that thing running like new well into its 20 plus year life. You're going to get the best customer service. You're going to get some of the most durable, best vehicles in the world in Toyotas. It's the best combination on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale, Toyota and Luther Brookdale, Toyota.com. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new score North on 1500. It's very deep in right. And a pitch bounce right side base hit. Here comes Gomez around third. The Twins have won the Central. The all-new Score North 1500, Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, are we getting some responses now via the Twitter machine that we we can pass on to Rami as far as what he needs to know coming from Milwaukee via Chicago? He's a Chicago sports fan about uh, the long, sometimes dark, sometimes okay history of Minnesota sports. (laughs) Anything? Anything over there, Phil? Some people are... All right, let's see here. None of it is good from what I'm seeing so far. Vikings fans hate of Joe Buck as something you need to know. I think that's uh, pretty widespread. I don't think that's unique to I think, Minnesota. I think you're right. And Packer, Packer fans presently might hate Joe Buck more than Vikings fans do. I see Packer fans yes. going nuts about I him. I don't know what it is about the way Joe Buck calls a game. I think everybody who watches Joe Buck thinks he hates their team. No matter what team it is that you're rooting for. You could you could have a Packers fan and a Vikings fan sitting in the same room watching the same game 
and they both think Joe Buck hates their team. <laughs> I don't know. Don't you guys think that that's been true forever? But now, now because people can jump on you know Facebook or Twitter, I think the people have always thought that the national broadcaster. World Series, Super Bowl, playoff games is always pulling against their team. I've never, th- I've honest to God, I've never thought that ever watching. And I maybe I'm just like different, but I've never <laughs> watched a game, even in my more like as a teenager when you're just completely you know blinded and like the Vikings hadn't broke my heart yet as much. And I never watched thinking, why does Joe Theismann on Sunday Night Football hate the Vikings? I don't know. Is it? I almost feel like there's a chip missing if you think that. that and then out to get your it, team. In the 91 World Series, when Joe Buck's old man Jack called the Braves twins, mm-hmm. I remember there was an outcry by twins fans. He's rooting against us. Jack Buck hates us. Braves fans, same thing. He's rooting for the twins. I think it's been true <laughs> forever. And basically what, what Twitter allows people to do now is jump on right away and say, Joe Buck hate, hates my team. Right. And then Vikings fans say, well, he loves the Packers. He loves Rodgers. And Packer fans say he's clearly cheering against us. I don't know if this will alienate some of the listening audience. I've actually come to kind of, I used to feel the same way that a lot of people feel about Joe Buck. I've come to kind of like the dude. Like, do you guys watch Brockmire, the Hank Azaria oh, show yes. about the disgraced baseball oh announcer? God, yes. Joe Buck plays a character out there who is essentially everything everyone hates about Joe Buck. <laughs> and to have to have that kind of sense of humor, to be able to laugh at yourself in that way and play that role, like I, I had a newfound respect for Joe Buck, and I actually kind of like the guy now after seeing him play that. Yeah, I saw one of the award shows. It was a go, the go, it's like award season, Golden Globes, and uh, I think it was Critics' Choice this week, and I saw that Hank Azaria was up for one of those awards. How he hasn't won an award for Brock Meyer yet? It's a totally different it's conversation. But it's amazing. He's ridiculous. Here's some other responses coming into the at Score North S K O R North Twitter account. Things that Rami needs to know about Minnesota sports and even Minnesota in general. Uh, Patrick Ricey hates Gophers football. See, that's one of them. That's not true. <laughs> he was a passionate fan as a youth, and he hates the fact they've been bad for so long. I get the sense that you could just write Patrick Royce hates and fill in the blank <laughs> from the little bit of exposure I've had to Patrick Royce here the last few days. The only thing you could replace it with is con- is uh, contrarianism, and it wouldn't be correct. <laughs> yeah. uh, Scully Ghost tweets in: The Timberwolves don't have a dynasty because Latrell Sprewell couldn't afford to feed his kids. <laughs> I am quite familiar with that quote, and I'm quite familiar with. Latrell Sprewell, if you uh, spend any time downtown enjoying the nightlife in Milwaukee, you'll come across Latrell Sprewell. Really? Pretty regularly. Yeah, because he's from the area. He's from Racine, which is just south of Milwaukee. Is he and, broke now or not? Um, I mean, he he had his boat repossessed I off, remember the, that story. off the dock in Lake Michigan. So. Everyone's had a vehicle <laughs> repossessed once in their life. I, Phil's not kidding. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I've heard that story. He, that happened live on the air, didn't it? Didn't you have your car repossessed yeah. live on the air? That did happen. Yes, <laughs> it played out during the course of a early Mackey and Judd program. Yeah, I wonder like, if that's a story worth retelling before the show's over since we're all getting to know each other. So what does this spree just hang out at bars in downtown Milwaukee? Yeah, is he-, he just enjoys the nightlife, man. You will, if I'm telling you, if you spend any time on like Water Street down in, down in Milwaukee <laughs> well, there, yeah. after 10 p.m. on a weekend, there's a pretty good chance you're going to meet Latrell Sprewell if that's something that you're interested in. Uh, Alan tweets in and says, the media and fans around here in the Twin Cities are constantly saying 
fill-in-blank team name are going to be good in a couple of years. Example, the Timberwolves are going to be good in a couple of years. We're yeah, always looking a couple true. of years down the road at how great our teams are going to be. That's and true. That's like If we're being self-aware, I think that's pretty accurate. So I, I shouldn't say, I think, because I, I believe this, the Twins are going to be good in a couple of years. Well, yeah. I thought you said this year. Well, I have. You've been I, promising this year so far. I think the arrow is pointing up. I think there will be improvement this year, and I think that if they play their cards right, we could be talking about a very good baseball team in the next year or two. I've come to the conclusion that we in this town love to love to say that, though, mm-hmm. because we, we embrace the fact that the balloon is going to be popped, and so then in two years <laughs> we can say, "I thought the Twins were going to be good. I should have known better." Okay. This is getting a little bit depressing. I gotta say, my first hour on the air. We're weird. It's getting a little bit depressing, guys. We're weird. That's what I'll say for us. Judd's also not going to help you with that, too. And uh, there's a reason why they've called this show Homer in Panic for a long time. (laughs) I'm always rebuilding, by the way. Always rebuilding. Always rebuilding. A constant rebuild. I am. Okay. My teams are always, always going up, but not there yet. What are What are some things that you can take from your experiences in uh, other NFC North towns now? So Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and uh, in Chicago. What are some things that you can bring to us as we sit here and uh, and I guess fan the flames of Minnesota sports dumpster fires, specifically football in the NFC North. I've, you know what? Or any, any, any. Well, of it's the, the NFC North has kind of flipped on its head. Like for a long time, working down in Milwaukee, it was easy to just say the the, the Packers are going to win the division and Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers, and it was a foregone conclusion. It, it that is not the case anymore. I think this division is com- is is a completely different landscape than what we've seen over the last ten years or so. And again. I know that positivity and optimism is not necessarily the flavor of the day here. <laughs> but panic's embrace, so I go think, right ahead. Come on. I man. think despite how this season just went for the Vikings, the NFC North is as wide open as it's been in a long, long time. I like what the Bears have done, but, I mean, you see how quickly teams fall and rise in the NFL, and with the way the Packers have looked the last couple of seasons, and we don't know what kind of coach this, this LaFleur dude is, that the Packers just hired. I think the division is as wide open as it's been in a while. You got to say it's the Bears to lose from this point on because of what you saw from that defense, but I think it's pretty wide open. I, I think there's reason for hope and optimism in that division. See, and I would say that the the Bears, not to continue to rub sea salt mm-hmm. in your in your wounds here mm-hmm. uh, from a couple weeks ago, if you have that good of a defense and you don't cash in, you're not guaranteed to have a great defense for a long window of time. Right. So. You know the I I don't know how how old were you you were old enough to remember the mid '80s Bears teams at least a little bit you yeah were a little kid absolutely well yeah. some of my earliest memories people remember the '80s Bears so that '85 defense was incredible the '86 defense was incredible and then if you look at like '87 '88 they dropped the map yes yep. Uh, it's it's not like when you have the quarterback. If you have Tom Brady, you're just going to be great offensively for 15 or 20 years. You right. have Peyton Manning, you're going to be great offensively. Defense, you have 11 guys that have to work together and scheme and stay and stay healthy. So I would I would look at the Bears and say it's more up to Mitch Trubisky to keep them at the top of the division than sure. it is the than it is the defense in terms of what's sustainable. I but, agree. But do the Bears have it right? Because the Bears have a really good defense, but an offensive coach who's really smart on that side. This is why this is why I keep coming back to my question about the Vikings is I like Zimmer, but he is a defensive coach. And, and a year ago, the Vikings defense was fantastic. And that was a window right there. But now you're going to come back. And and I like the changes that the Vikings have made offensively, but their leader is not an offensive guy. I sort of like the Bears' formula of 
we were really good on defense, but our calling card for the long term is invested in an offensive coach. I don't like when people say there's there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. You, you defense wins championships. Oh, you're not gonna like me, Quarterbacks man. win championships. It's but I do think that there is a path of least resistance in, in in terms of how you get to a championship level. And I think that's I think the blueprint is offensive minded head coach. Franchise quarterback, attach them at the hip, and let them succeed as long as they can possibly succeed. Which brings us back to Cousins and something I continue to tell Collar. And I think that the Vikings might be on the track right now with the Kubiak hire to getting this right. Trubisky, I think, might be okay. I don't think he's great, but I think he he might be okay. Jared Goff, I think, is good. I don't think he's great. But those guys, the thing that those guys have in common, quarterback-wise, is coaching to prop them up. I think Cousins was thrown out there in 2018 and told, go get him, you're making a lot. Yeah. And that only goes so far with a very select few QBs. But if you look at how Goff is managed and coached, right? Trubisky, I think, to a large degree. I think if you threw Trubisky out there next year and just said, Mitch, go get him, he's lost. Which is why I come back to Cousins now. And I think if you manage Cousins, because he's got abilities, if you manage him correctly and coach him and prop him up, it gives you a better chance. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins should not have been fourth in the NFL in pass attempts this year. I mean, it's like the Vi- the Vikings the the Vikings identified if it's the Kentucky Derby and you've got sixteen horses or whatever. The Vikings were given like the ninth fastest horse, paid him like the fastest horse, and then whipped him and rode him as if he was Secretariat. <laughs> right? Okay, you need that's a really roundabout metaphor right there, but you need yeah, and it's sort of dirty, right? quite the too. visual. Yeah, yeah. I was say, I got, yeah. Boy, that's that safe for uh, work image in my head right there. <laughs> sure what just happened there, actually. But I think but I think it's if if he can form some sort of a better chemistry with either either Gary Kubiak, who's now like basically the offensive head coach and Zimmer's the defensive head coach, and Kevin Stefanski, and uh and if if they can just put bumper you know, bumpers on his bowling lane so that he doesn't have to feel forced to carry the team down the stretch in games and in the season. Uh, they have to treat him like a game manager. And that's really what I thought the plan was when they brought Kirk Cousins in. They had this all-world defense, the the defensive guru and Mike Zimmer, and it really looked like they just needed not a great, but a good quarterback. Somebody who's better than a game manager but doesn't have to carry you to victory. And I thought he was that for the first eight, nine games of the season. And the Vikings' defense wasn't living up to their expectations. And then the defense started to live up to their expectations. And that's when things took a turn for the worse for Kirk Cousins. And then he wasn't even as good as you needed him to be from that point on. I think that's where it really went wrong. But I really thought for the first half of the season, people were putting too much of the blame and and too much of the load on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. I thought he was doing what they brought him in to do, and it was actually the other side of the football and injuries that weren't really helping and living up to their end of the deal. It was the Buffalo game, man. The Buffalo game painted painted Kirk because he fumbled in that game, Mm -hmm. and that team was terrible. But I I think the lesson that we learned is, is the Vikings can't just have an OC. The Vikings need a head coach offense. Pat Shermer in 2017 was that guy. Mike Zimmer a year ago never had to concern himself basically with that side of of the ball. And then when he did, it became a big deal. And the problem is when he does, he just gets mad. Yeah. I actually have two things. We should talk about the Gary Kubiak stuff here in the next hour of the show. A a Kirk Cousins athlete comparison just jumped into my mind. I want to run it by both of you and especially Judd on this because I think Judd's going to agree. And I want, I want Rami's perspective on this too. 
It's the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R. And you can follow us at Score North, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And if you want to call and say hi to us or offer up your advice to Rami as a newcomer to the Minnesota sports scene, things he needs to know or be aware of, 651-646-8255.